Hello, podcast listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Kingdom Talk with Tanya. I am very excited about today's podcast, and I'm glad you all are here today with me. Um, We have a special guest that I'm going to introduce to you in just a moment. But before we do that, I do want to start out with prayer because she is here with me. The Bible says where two or three are gathered, he is there in the midst. So I know God is here in his presence. And we just want to make sure that both of us are completely led by God in everything we say today. So I'm going to start this out with a quick prayer. Dear gracious and merciful Father, we just thank you for this day, this beautiful day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God, I pray for everyone that is listening under the sound of my voice that they will receive whatever it is that you would have for them to receive today. God, I thank you for my special guest for um, opening her heart to be able to share. I pray that you will use her. I pray that she will hide behind the cross and she will say anything and everything you would have her to say. I pray that her words will be inspiring, encouraging, uplifting, supporting, whatever it is that needs to come through today. I pray, God, that it will um, be the case. And I pray for me, Lord, that you will hide me behind the cross. I pray that as we have this discussion, God, that even things that we didn't even think would come through and come out will, but that at the end of the day, it will be all to edify and help someone else. We love you. We praise your holy name, and we pray to you these and all of our prayers in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, I like I said, I'm excited to introduce my guest. Um, I will tell you, we didn't meet very long ago. But I do feel that what's going to come out of this today is um, she's going to give some food for thought for you, um, have you give you some uh, courage, help increase your faith, um, give you a greater level of discernment. And most of all, what I want to come out of this is that you become free, free from making excuses, um, that you'll be ready to pursue God on another level and to trust him for things that he has for you that are beyond your comprehension. So the title of this message is No Excuses. And the foundational scripture comes from Matthew 19 and 26. And it reads, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. After hearing my guest's story, I was inspired by what she has overcome And how incredibly strong her faith is, having not had a relationship with God for a very long time. Also, I was encouraged by her discernment and her courage to obey God, even when she didn't understand what he was doing or why. And you will learn some of that today. So her name is actually not Aliana, but that's the name that God gave her. It's not her government, but God gave her the name Aliana. And Aliana and I met three months ago at a host meeting for groups at our church. I thought it was so interesting that she moved to Charlotte shortly before that um, because God told her to. Basically, God told her to up and move to Charlotte, and that's what she did. She found the ministry that we both attended, and she signed up to host a group one week after going to her first service. Now, you cannot tell me that that's not God. Aliana, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today and joining our listeners. So first, you told me that Aliana was the name that God gave you, which I think is so interesting because I don't know that 
God is I, that I've I've heard God giving me a name other than the name He gave me. But we do know from the Bible that there are a lot of people that He renamed. Abraham being one because he started out as Abram, um, and he basically renamed him and Paul. Um, most of you know that he was Saul before he became saved and then became Paul. So I loved it when you said, you know, that God, this is the name God gave you. Talk to me a little bit about that name. What does it mean? And how did you receive that uh, from God, um, that name from God? So I've honestly always wondered why some people from in different religions would change their name. Um, once they either got into God or whatever the case was. And then I was reading the Bible and I'm like, God, you changed these people's names. Why did you change their names? And I was actually watching a show um, Better Together TV and it was a host of women and they were talking and they were like, if God gave you a name, ask him what your name is. So this was back in May of this year, 23. And I was like, God, what is my name? And I heard Aliana and I'm like, what? I've always had a desire for names that begin with A. I don't know why. I just always adored them. And I did not know that my name that God gave me started with A. And so I ended up looking up the meaning of that name. And in Hebrew, it means my God has answered. And at the time, I had um, been an answer to so many people's prayers. So I thought that's what it meant. People, I would randomly, God would drop into my heart to do something or say something to somebody. And they were like, you just answered my prayers. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know. And... Then as time went on over the past few months, God had revealed to me the true meaning or the reason behind the meaning, I would say, of the name. And it fits perfectly with the purpose that he has for me in the path that I'm on. Wow. I love that. I love it. Um, and what I love that you just said is that you always wanted another name and you asked him. Um the Bible says we have not because we ask not. And I love your boldness and your faith and your courage to ask him for what you want. Um, and so it, the Bible says he'll give us the desires of our heart. And obviously the caveat to that is that it lines up with his will. But why would it not? What a beautiful name and what a beautiful meaning to that name. So I just love that. So Aliana, talk to us a little bit about your life. Talk about, you know, start with your childhood and then go into how you received your salvation and started on your quest to follow God. So when I was four, my mother had um, gave her life to Christ. So I started to grow up in a church. Um, she married my stepfather when I was about eight. Um, we bounced around from many church homes all through. Um, so I've been through different denominations. I... Um, Stop going to church, I would say about 18, in between 18 and 21 was really hard. Um, I got pregnant, had my daughter. I felt a lot of shame. I grew up in a Christian school. Um, so I was just felt shame of being pregnant at 18. Um, I did not get back into the church fully until... I want to say 2016, 2017, I would say, um, after I had lost my second sister, um, I couldn't deal with the grieving. When I was 15, I lost my oldest sister. 
and I didn't really have anyone to help me grieve. So 10 years later, I'm losing another sibling and I didn't know what to do with it. But I always knew God was the answer. So I got back into church, but then shortly after that, I ended up joining the military. So whole life, um, everything that I was working with with God kind of stopped. I guess I would say put it on pause. Um, about a year later, um, ended up in another situation where I needed God. Got back in a church. And at that time, God started to change the desires and my taste for certain things. Um, the drinking had stopped. I, I was talking to my friend. I was like, I just want to stop drinking. And she looked at me like, what? And it was God. I didn't know it at the time, but it was God calling me back to him. So I, even though I never asked for deliverance from it, he delivered me from it. Um, again, I went on deployment in 2020, came back probably about 2021 is when I really got serious with God. I had a steady church home that I was going to. Um, and ever since then, he has just been so he's been the center of my life, I would say. Um, I grew up in a home where I was the only child at first, um, about when I was about eight years old, my three siblings who were actually my cousins ended up coming to stay with us because their mother was addicted to drugs and it was literally overnight. Um, so I felt a lot of rejection growing up. My parents could only be who their parents were to them. Um, but in that, of course, everyone have a life, everyone have a story, everyone go through trauma. Um, and not everyone was able to heal from it. Uh, my parents weren't. The resources that are available to us now weren't fully available to my parents. So they did the best that they could with us. They truly did. But there was a lot of pain in the house. There was no love. Um, and there was a lot of hurtful words said. Um my biological father was alcohol was alcoholic um, and he was abusive to every woman that was in his life, his daughters included, whether if it was verbal, physical, um, it didn't matter. I had been molested by multiple family members from the ages of three to 10. And I didn't know what to do with any of that until I got older and it was coming out in so many different ways. Um, we all hear the saying, hurt people, hurt people. But I was also a hurt person hurting other people. And I knew that I didn't like that part of me because that was never supposed to be my story. I was never intended to hurt other people. So I knew God was the only one to save me. So in twenty since 2021, I have been pressing in to God more to help me. To release the pain. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's deep. It's a lot. You went through, you know, um, as a small child facing the trauma of molestation, which obviously is terrible. And I love what you said about your parents, how they taught you what they knew, you know, and sometimes we are a product of our upbringing and our environment. And so they did the best they could with what they had, with what resources they had. Um, but nevertheless, it didn't stop the pain and the trauma of rejection and 
um, like I said, negative words maybe that were said and some of the other things that you experienced being only child and going from that to having siblings. Obviously, that's an adjustment that one must make. And then having a child at 18 years old out of wedlock, I had my first child at 19. So there was a lot of shame that came with that for me. So I get that, especially growing up in church and in your case, going to um, Christian school. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to process. It's a lot to digest. It's a lot to go through. But one thing that I heard that was a common theme of what you said is that, you know, the first of all, that God was the one that can say, could save you and you knew that. And I heard you say it a couple of times that you, when you were in a situation, you would go back to him. You would always go back. And what I love about God is he's such a faithful God that even if we are in a backslidden state, the Bible says he's married to the backslider. How beautiful is that? That is in the Bible for us all because how many of us have gone into a backslidden state? Listeners, you may be in a backslidden state right now. What I love about our God is he is a God of restoration. He is a God of redemption. He is a God of forgiveness. I always think of the story of the prodigal son and how he left his father. It's an illustration of Jesus, honestly. It's, it's basically a parable about Jesus and how this son took his inheritance, his father's inheritance, and went and squandered all the money. And he had a lot of shame that he dealt with as a result of that. He was destitute and he was homeless. But he returned, he tucked his tail in between his legs and he returned to his father. And his father opened his arms to him and welcomed him back. He didn't just welcome him back and open his arms to him. He put a crown on his head and a robe on his back. That's what Jesus does for us. That's an illustration of what Jesus does for us. And that's exactly what it sounds like he's done in your life. Um, so I just, I love that. Um, but talk a little bit about that trauma. How did and that trauma impact and affect your life and even your adulthood? Oh. It affected it so bad. Um, not only did I become a product of my environment by hurting other people when I met verbally, um, I was in relationships with men who did not value me. Um, I have been in abusive relationships and I was okay with it. I, um, my friendships were, I would hurt them first or push them away because I was afraid of getting close to them. Um, some people stayed, some people didn't. Um, and it was even to a point, the the first man that I had met that was safe, who didn't raise his voice at me, didn't raise his hand at me, um, accepted me for who I was. Later on down the road, I found out that he was married. Wow. So it was very hard to undo that. Um, of course, at first, I did not know that he was married. But once I found out, it was like a, it was a slap in the face. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, this is who I am. Um, I thought that I was only good for just my body to men. So I would just sleep with men. Um, I would push away the good guys or who I felt were the good guys um, as well. And getting into a situation with someone who was married, I was like, that was the confirmation for me that this is only what I'm worth. It's just my body. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of undoing and a lot of receiving God's truth and releasing 
the enemy's lies. Wow. So, yeah. you know, I think so many of us go through that in life where we experience rejection and hurt and pain. And what res- it results in is insecurities. Um, and I, 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 so many people, I mean, I dealt with insecurities when I was young and I know so many people that deal with insecurities and it's a trick of the enemy. I mean, the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy, and he would love nothing more than while we're still young um, to have us have that spirit of rejection and insecurities and not feeling that we're good enough. Because as long as we feel that we're not good enough and we're insecure, that will put us in a position where we will not fulfill God's call in our life. We will not walk out our purpose. We will not become who God has called us to be because we're so down on ourselves. There's no positivity. It's all negative towards ourselves, And as a result, we end up hurting other people because we won't um, hurt. Like you said, you said it. Hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like you've come around um, out on the other side. So talk to me a little bit about, and I know you said that you knew that only God can help you. Mm-hmm. Only God can help you. So how did that happen? How did you finally come to a place where you said, you know what, enough of this. I am giving it all to God. Um, I think it started in 21. I was going to a church and in that church is when God started to reveal to me my spiritual gifts. Um, and within the year, I want to say I had ended up changing churches and I call the second church, my healing church. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at a point where I was just tired of the repetitive things. Um, I was getting out of the military. I didn't know what to do. My daughter was struggling with some things. Um, and I was just like, God, I, I really can't do this on my own. So every altar call, I would go up um, and I would get prayer and I just had to learn how to release it. But within that, I also started to read my Bible. Um, And the more I read my Bible, the more other people noticed the change in me. I didn't see the change right away. But the more I read, the more God was just allowing some things to fall off of me and that I would be released from. So I had started a prayer journal, I think back in 21 as well, 2020, 2021. Um, And it was just me praying to God. These are my problems. These are my thoughts. And it just started to slowly help me to be free and to see God for who he was and also just opening up my heart to him to move in many areas yeah yeah that relationship building a relationship that is such a phenomenal foundation for change and it's necessary honestly once we learn who we are in Christ that's a game changer. That's when everything changes. That's when it changed for me. When I began to learn who I was in Christ, my entire life changed and it's never been the same. Um, so that, for those of you who are listening, that is so real and it's so true. It's so factual. We both encounter that in our lives where our lives begin to change when we built and started developing a relationship with God. 
Because when God tells you who you are, there is no nothing that anybody else can say that will change that. Um, it doesn't matter what anybody else says about you once you see who you are in Christ. So I just, I love that. Did you ever have, though, those moments or there seasons where you would say, why God, why? Why me? Why am I going through this? Especially with the molestation, because that's, that's deep. Yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. Um, I didn't understand um, for the longest time why I had to endure so much pain in my life, so much rejection, so much abuse. Um, so... And I just didn't really get it during the time. But I also didn't understand is I had friends at the time who went through similar things than I did. And they stopped believing. And I always believed. I always still believed. And that was another thing which, yes, I was wondering why did I go through all those things. But at the same time, why do I still believe in God? Um, so that was really hard. And I would say it wasn't until I moved down here. I want to say this was about August, September, when God was speaking to me and told me why I was placed in a family that I was placed in and given appearance that I was given. And it wasn't for, you know, he, he wasn't trying to hurt me, but he wanted me to experience love and to be the light unto my family to give them love and to show them what God's love really is. So it was like, why me? But at the same time, when he was, when he answered, it gave a little peace, but still a little, that just showed me that I had more forgiving and work to do within that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so good. You know, we all go through something in life. But when you have that full circle moment of why did I have to endure it and to come out on the other side and God show to you, it's you, you're the light, you're the one that's going to teach them, you're the one, as I would call it, the Joseph of your family, because Joseph's brothers hurt him and threw him into a pit and sold him into slavery, and it took 15 years But when they were starving in Egypt and there was no food, it was their brother that was the one that was able to feed them and give to them and be the light in their lives, Mm -hmm. even though they sold him off to slavery and and, um, told his dad that he was dead. Mm -hmm. So that is who God has had positioned you all along to be. That's part of that. My favorite scripture, Romans Romans 8, 28, God working all things together for the good, all things, Mm -hmm. even those treacherous and torture and um, affliction and the things we have to suffer. He works it together for our good. The Bible says, Jesus actually said in John 16 and 33, I have told you these things so that in me, you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He never promised us it was all going to be peaches and cream. You know, um, he said we would have trouble. He told us we would have trouble in this world. But he said, I've overcome the world. And when you began to understand that, that's when you began, from my perspective, to receive victory and to receive your freedom and to gain that confidence and to gain that security in who you are in him. Um, The Bible also says in Isaiah 48 and 10, See, I have refined you, though not as silver, 
I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. But then there's also Isaiah 43 and 2 that says, When you pass through waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. That's Jesus. Listeners, I hope you believe that because I do. And I believe Aliana believes that too. Can I get amen? Amen. Yes. (laughs) Yes. He said, you will go through the fire. We're going to go through the fire. But he said, it will not set you ablaze. It will not, you will not, it will not burn you. It will not consume you. You will go through the rivers. You will not drown. So we're going to go through this, these things. But if we allow God to bring us on the other side and show us why we had to go through it, we will, and we get the lesson we will become better for it. It's a better testimony, and we're more equipped to help someone else. Anyone who's been through molestation can help someone else that's been through it and may not have come out on the other side because they can relate more than someone who hasn't gone through it. So, yes, we do have to suffer, but the big thing is coming out on the other side and getting the victory, not being a victim all our life. Woe is me. Why, God, why? When you want to have that woe is me attitude, I want you to think about Jesus. Think about Jesus on that cross, dying for your sins, dying for my sins, dying for Aliana's sins, for all of our sins. And he was innocent. He died for our sins. Why? Because he loved us. He died for our sins so that we could have life, so that we could live it and live it more abundantly, and so that we could have eternal life. Because this is not our home. We're going to suffer here, but we will have eternity that we can be with him and rest in peace. So thank you, God, for that. That's just, this is this is deep. This is powerful. Another thing that, um, that people often say is, um, well, you said it yourself. A lot of people give up on God or they turn from God. But I love that you always knew he was there. Even despite what you went through, you knew he was always there. And that helped you to get through it a lot quicker um, than someone who who's going to turn their back on them. Those folks, unfortunately, probably are still living in unforgiveness, bitterness, probably negative, unhealthy relationships, um, low self-esteem, um, just so many things that is plaguing them. Listeners, I want you to get set free from that. If you are dealing with that right now, I want to see you get set free. And God can do it. But you have to develop a relationship with him. You have to draw near to him. The Bible says, he says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. He wants to draw near to you, but you have to reach out to him. You have to have that mustard seed faith. It's so tiny. But if you have that mustard seed faith, he will come to you and he will deliver you out of your situation and heal you from your past. The other thing that a lot of people encounter is jealousy. Jealousy when you other, see other people being blessed, especially when you feel like you're better than them or you, you live a better life than they do and, and you see them over there, they're getting it all. Um, what, what was your experience with jealousy? Um, we know that sin, coveting is a sin, but is that something you ever experienced? Um, yes, on both ends. I have experienced people really, really close to me, jealous of me, and I'm just like, I'm just a regular person, whether if it was my hair, um, things that I could do with my hair that they couldn't, or I guess it was just something about me that they wanted. 
Um, I've also ex- expressed it to other people. Um, I've always kept it quiet, though. Um, so I've always wanted to get married and expand my family. Um, I am single right now. And yes, I do have one child, um, but I've always wanted more and seeing all of my friends around me be in relationships. Um, some of them getting married, some of them having more children. I was excited for them. However, there was a part of me at one point that was like, that should be me. Mm. And, but I didn't like that feeling because it was like, how do I celebrate a friend and be jealous of them at the same time? So there was times when I had to um, check myself. And this was before I had started my relationship with God. So it was something that I felt like I had to deal with on my own. I will say that. Um, but again, I knew that it wasn't right because the God in me knew that that wasn't right. And I had to check those feelings. Um, there's been times when I was jealous of people who've had support systems. Majority of the things that I've gone through in my life, I have gone through alone. Um, whether that was grieving, I had to go through it alone. If it was learning how to forgive, I had to go through through it alone. Even my move down here, I had to go through it alone. So when speaking to people who have support systems or have a good relationship or other women who have good relationships with their moms, I was jealous of that because it was something that I wanted, that I desired, that I felt like I deserved. Um, But I also knew with me doing a lot of things, quote unquote, alone, it was God trying to teach me that he was all that I need because I was putting people on pedestals when I shouldn't have been. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You know, um, the Bible says that he will never leave us or forsake us and he won't. And it also says that, you know, man, I, I can't quote the exact scripture, but man will let us down. Man will fail us, but he never will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the end of the day, many of us have felt alone, but I can only imagine being in that situation, even what you had to go through with two, losing two sisters and you grieved alone. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff, and you were young at the time of that. So I know that was hard, but leaning and trusting in the Lord and knowing that He was there and allowing Him to build your faith and um, give you that comfort in those seasons, I'm sure was what brought you through, even if it was in the back of your mind. So is that how you think you overcame that attitude of, you know, jealousy or maybe coveting what someone else had? Because I think many of us have been in that situation for one reason or another. Yeah. Um I don't want to say it's normal because I don't want to normalize it, but it is a natural feeling that we feel. And I would definitely say with getting closer to God, he has also opened up my eyes to not only what he can do, but the lies that I believe that I was holding on to as to I deserve what they have or you see no one likes me enough to be there for me when in reality God was just moving people out of his way to get to me and moving me out of a place where I wasn't it's not that I wasn't fully valued but it was like they could never do what God can do so again 
I was going to people and validating people and basically idolizing them. Yeah. Versus God. I was taking their advice versus what God's truth was. Right. Listening to their opinions versus what God's word says because his word never fails. It will never turn back void. And it's the truth. So he also had revealed to me that he had to do it because they were going to taint his words. Mm. As a lot of people, they do that. They will twist scripture and make it very religious and make it pretty. When God was like, I didn't say that. And me being me, who I am, and the overthinker that I am, I would have never picked up his word if people are feeding it to me and diluting it the way that they did. I would have believed that his word said X, Y, Z. Like a lot of people feel like God won't bless your mess. That's not what the Bible says. Mm. Yeah. He blessed Abraham and Sarah, even though they had Ishmael and he blessed Ishmael. So he will bless you in a mess. And sometimes he bless you in a mess because he loves you and he cares for you. He has so much compassion and he knows that we do mess up and we do sin. So, and then this belief that we have to get right before we come to God. And God is like, no, you know, just open up the word. Just, just read it. Just come to me. Yeah. I'll take care of the rest. Like I said, there's, there's things that God has delivered me from that I never asked. For him to deliver me from, like I said, drinking, yeah, was one of them. I never asked. I wow. never asked. Wow. <laughs> There's two um, things that I've heard in my life that I thought about as you were talking, and one of them is um, when you are going through a situation, do you go to the throne or do you go to the phone? And it sounds like you were going to the phone, and many of us do instead of going to the throne. But now it sounds like you've learned to go to the throne first, and. That sufficiency should always be in God, not man. Because the Bible says that um, God is not a man that he should lie. In other words, men lie, God does not. So I thought about that as well when you were, were sharing, you know, people diluting the word or mixing the word up. And that's a good point for the listeners, you know. Sometimes we get to church and we check that out for our list on Sunday mornings, but we're not getting in the word for ourselves. So do you know that what the pastor is saying to you is real? Do you know that it's factual? Do you know that it's biblical, most of all? Um, So it's so important that we don't just go to church, but we develop a personal relationship with God. Because if we just go to church, we're actually idolizing the pastor and what he's giving us and not God. We're looking to the pastor and we're not looking to God. Even though the word might be inspired by God, it's still an idolization as far as I'm concerned of the pastor and not of God because we're not going to God for ourselves. Our pastors are not God. They are human beings and they mess up, mess up and they miss it too. I mess up and I miss it too. And I am called to teach the gospel, but I mess it, miss it and I mess up too. So I, listeners, I want you to go and read the word and make sure that what, what we're saying here today is biblical. Test the word. Test it with God's truth. And the only way you can test it is to read it and study it for yourself. It's so vitally important. Not just so that you'll know it. Because the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will make set you free. It will make you free. But also know it because as you develop that relationship with God, those things, those fleshly carnal things like drinking excessively and having sex outside of marriage and some of the other things that are sin, coveting and being jealous 
they'll start to fade away and you don't necessarily have to ask. God will remove it from your life and you won't have a desire for it anymore as you develop relationship. It's so important.